Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The 2022 Australian Open is finally showing signs of its traditional Happy Slam nickname. And we are more than happy to get you ready for day five. A string of upsets, the story of Thursday in Melbourne. But we also had a show of sportsmanship and showtime night session to cap things off. Plus, the pride and poise of Jensen Brooksby has been missed in Australia. We'll show you how he's prepping for the rest of 2022 in today's tennis story. And does history await? We preview the next step in Rafael Nadal's pursuit of the men's all-time major titles record. All those stories and more over the next two hours on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live. It is day five of the Australian Open. Welcome to TC Live presented by Geico. Our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. Eight Americans remain as we enter round three in Melbourne. Four men and four women. Here's what's in store today. Two-time champ Victoria Azarenka looking to stay perfect against Alina Svitolina. A couple of Roland Garros champions going head-to-head. Carlos Alcaraz can do something for the first time since Rafael Nadal, who is also in action, plus Ash Barty back on court. As we welcome you back into our studio, great to have you with us on TC Live. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer Martina Navratilova, Hall of Famer Lindsay Davenport. From 60 Minutes in Sports Illustrated, John Wertham. I like that. You give everybody, everybody gets the love. Put it out there. Uh, we're down to 32 men, 32 women in the singles draw. A lot to be excited about, John. What's the biggest thing on your mind? I want to start with Arena Sabalenka, the second seed. And yesterday there was a lot of chatter when she played her match. First service game, six double falls. This is in keeping with the yips that she's been contending with. We've talked a lot about mental health and sports over the last year. This is a different manifestation. I mean, this is this is a nervous tension that is showing itself when you go do an act. I, I give her so much credit because she is dealing with this absolutely exposed in public and a match. She got through. She won. She needs to deal with this. But I, I think, I mean, other sports, other athletes have dealt with this in different ways. I give her a lot of credit for sort of going through this mental health challenge in real time. My thing is Felix Oger Aliasim and Davidovich Fokina, long, long names, four tie breaks. Davidovich Fokina won six more points than Aliasim and loses the match. This is the only sport where you can win more points and still lose. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Felix, 83 unforced errors in four sets. He really needs to clean up his game. He's been very inconsistent as far as I can see. Yeah, that's, uh, one of those matches, though, I feel like in the past might have slipped by Felix. He was able to still get through. That was... It's a crazy match out there. The Brits, their two biggest names are gone. We thought both Murray and Raducanu with good chances to win their second rounds. They both said goodbye last <laughs> night in Melbourne. And so British press is going to be down. We'll talk about their matches coming forward. But um, kind of, kind of a, yeah, a bummer. Not with a dud. Yeah, exactly. God save the queen. 
Yeah. Uh, they're out of it. Uh, we also had the end of Sam Stozer's singles career yesterday, and she got a great reception on court. The bad news, obviously, she lost to Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. Her singles career is over. But what a singles career it was. Martina won the U.S. Open title, got to four in the world. Yeah, I mean, she started out as a double specialist and then just bang, uh, played the best tennis ever at the US Open, beating Serena Williams in the finals and uh, had a really nice send-off here from her family. Uh, she's got a family uh, of her own and uh, she's still going to play, playing doubles and mix mm -hmm. here and maybe hopefully all year. Uh, and it's really nice to see her uh, getting the send-off. Yeah. What do you guys, I mean, I guess sort of Krajikova vibes watching her, right? Started as a doubles player, broke through and ended up winning a Sam. Do, do we see her in Newport? Hall of Famer? Hall of Famer's answer. I Hall don't know. We, we have changed those. I think we now have better uh, guidelines as to who should get in. I think there's some people that got in that would not be getting in now. So we've kind of tightened up the guidelines for it. But uh, it's possible. She'll definitely be on the ballot. Yeah, I first played her. I think it was it's either 03 or 04 Wimbledon. She got the reciprocal wild card from the Aussies. Never heard of her. Went out on court one. Like, oh, I play an Aussie <laughs> wild card at Wimbledon. This is great. And she was so good. It was really tough, tough two-set match, she ended up becoming a great player. I'm not sure that I knew on that day at Wimbledon that she was going to go on right. to be a Grand Slam champion. Ended up that U.S. Open run was spectacular. Mm. But the irony, she played her best tennis at the French. And her I run know. to the final that year, mm -hmm. she took out Serena, she took out Justine Enna. Unfortunately, she didn't have anything left in the tank for that seventh match, but always loved watching her play mm. at Roland Garros. That kick serve on clay. Yeah. yeah, One of the best kick serves. Mm -hmm. And uh, four doubles titles, three mixed titles, world number one in doubles. Yep. So gets, uh, gets pretty Full resume, yeah. right? Yep. Gets my vote. She would get my International vote. International Tennis Hall of Fame. Uh, congratulations on a fantastic singles career, Sam, and we will see you continuing in doubles and mixed in Australia. We're also going to talk to a former Australian Open doubles champion. Coming up later on the show, our own Chanda yes. Rubin. A lot to get to. All the highlights from day four, the big-time sound and interviews, a look at the youngest American man in the top 100, and a remarkable stat from John Wertheim cannot wait to find out what that is. I don't know what it is. Plus, Garvinia Muguruza, not the only upset victim on day four. We'll tell you who else had their high hopes fall down under. TC Live at the Australian Open is presented by GEICO. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Martina Lindsay, John Steve back on TC Live, presented by Geico. We are with you for two hours every single day of the Australian Open, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Live tennis on ESPN Plus. And then Paul and Brett have you covered on the Encore coverage, 7 a.m. Eastern. Let's get right to the match of the night. Wild atmosphere for Daniil Medvedev, Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios said you've got the most entertaining player in the sport playing in his home slam on Rod Laver. 
Here is your Tennis Express head-to-head 2-0 Kyrgios against the Russian in Rome and D.C. three years ago. Kyrgios actually has winning records against all the top four in the ATP rankings. That's where he brings his best, Martina. The tennis lived up to the hype first set tiebreak. Uh, it sure did, and Medvedev played a fantastic tiebreak to get up the, that set and uh, uh, settle himself and settle the crowd. The crowd was pretty rowdy. They were going at it. Uh, Nick Kyrgios uh, certainly helping the matters, but hitting some fantastic shots. Uh, once Medvedev got up two sets to love, you know the match is over, probably. But there comes Nick, and this is an unbelievable shot. <laughs> he was just defending his, you know what? Uh, and uh, <laughs> and and, and Medvedev hits the ball right on it. He keeps running. He's so entertaining, and he can hit some amazing shots. And he, he screams all the way through his shot. Ooh, that's it. Gets the crowd going off the back foot, gets the break on for the third set, but he really needed to be at one set all. As Kyrgios wins this fourth set, gets the crowd going nuts. I just wish he would bring this kind of intensity to all his matches. And actually, Nick had a break point in the first game of the fourth set, lost it, and after that, Medvedev Cruz won all his uh, service games at love, and uh, Nick just didn't have enough to bother him with for that one and Medina saying yeah no I don't think so we're gonna have to wait and play a little bit better next time <laughs> 68 winners for Medvedev curious called him probably the best player in the world at the moment let's hear from both guys people can doubt me as much as they want but they know I'm gonna turn up and show up for matches like this that's why the crowds the way it is that's why the tickets are the way they are that's why the views are the way they are like it all speaks for itself like I don't no matter how little I train or how much I play I'll always lift for matches like this. You know, I'm not going to shy away from it. Obviously, I'm not happy with drawing Daniil Medvedev second round because my ranking slipped. Or, you know, if I play 95% of people tonight on that court, I think I win, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, it's not easy to be there when the whole stadium is against you. But probably if you look it on the, if I will look it on the TV, I'm, I'm probably not going to do it tonight, but maybe after the tournament, I'm going to be like, wow, that's a great atmosphere for a tennis match. Medvedev, no stranger to having a crowd against him. He kind of feeds off of that. Up next for him, Botik van de Zanschulp, the only man who took a set off of the world number two on his way to the U.S. Open title last year. And then up at the top, who knows who's getting it. Uh, Lindsay, what did you make of that match between Kyrgios and Medvedev? Chandra Rubin told us, the best atmosphere she's seen the entire tournament. Yeah, we had hopes that it was going to be like that, and it certainly didn't disappoint. I think the, the big thing is you're, you're watching Nick in a major, and you know, as Martina said, he has to win one of the first two sets, especially against these top guys. In three out of five sets, it's very hard for Nick to play his best tennis the duration of the match. So that was a bit unfortunate, but... There is nobody who can get the crowd going like Nick. And, and he talked about it, and it's fantastic for our sport. It's fantastic to see Medvedev. That was the toughest draw I think Kyrgios could have gotten in Australia. As he mm. said, that would have been good enough to beat most of the, the guys in the draw. I just feel like this is like command X and paste. I mean, we, we have this discussion every <laughs> time, right? He's incredibly entertaining. He's wildly <laughs> talented, but he just won't come in. It's, I also, I mean, you know, I really get up to play the Super Bowl. Well, you know what? You got to win regular season games to get to the playoffs to get to it. doesn't really work that way. So when you're not seated, yeah, you're going to draw good players very early on in tournaments. I just, you know, again, this is, this is the same old discussion we've been having for five years now. But, you know, Grandpa, how many majors did you win? Well, none. I was really good, but I didn't win any. Well, why not? Meh, didn't want to. I mean, at some point, 
commit or don't, but I feel, I feel like we have the same discussion every time. It's good entertainment. It's good value. It's box office. But I don't know. I mean, it's exactly what we were saying. He gets down two sets to love, and we all know he's not in shape to win a five-set match against a really good player. Well, he says actually the quiet part out loud. Well, I, I, I do this well without training that hard. Well, hello. And you live for these matches. If you train harder, you would have seven of them, not just two. So, I, you know, we, we keep scratching our head, but he's happy with that, apparently. And that's okay. You know, it's good enough. It would be just, it would be better for the sport if he committed. But, um, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. Yes, because we want more. We yeah, want we that atmosphere more. seven right. times exactly. during a major, exactly. not a couple of times. Nonetheless, Daniil Medved looking really good right now. Yep. On the women's side yesterday, we had the final two women standing at the 2021 WTA Finals, both in action. Garbini Muguruza beat Annette Contivate in the year-end championships last year and both looking to make deep runs in Australia this year. Muguruza. Taking on Alize Cornet, who was actually looking for her third straight win against the Spaniard. Lindsay? Yeah, we talked about this the other day with John's great stat of the day. Was it nine titles, seven on hard court, and then a French and a Wimbledon title? Keep thinking that a hard court major is going to happen for Muguruza. Thought maybe this year with the courts playing so fast. But this is a head-scratcher, and Alize Cornet, yes, she's very feisty, and she gives a lot of variety, but on these courts, Muguruza should be able to hit through her, but she just didn't post in this match, and because of this, this draw is now wide open in this section for Simona Halep, and Muguruza has to be disappointed with just the level that she brought in this match. Cornet said, first of all, I really enjoyed it today, which doesn't mean I'll enjoy it tomorrow. That's when the fun is here. You have to take it. <laughs> Muguruza is out. How about Annette Contevay taking on 19-year-old Clara Tossin, John? Tossin said she didn't even go into the match with a winning thought. That changed quickly. Yeah, she, uh, she got that very early in the match because she just absolutely hit through Contevay. Contevay has played as well as anyone since the U.S. Open the last 120 days or so. I mean, you see she's a sixth seed, and this... Danish teenager, sort of like the anti-Wozniacki, right? Not the slickest mover, but power, power, and power. Former junior champ, and she just crushes the ball. The, the Danish word for kaboom, and there it is. Very clean match. <laughs> 20 winners, 13 unforced errors, and she just absolutely blitz the number six seed in barely, barely an hour. Her first top ten win, first third round at a major, two major contenders, now gone. Muguruza. And Contivate are out. Clara Tawson, a huge win. She's moving on. Martina, which one of these two losses is more surprising to you, Contivate or Muguruza? Oh, that's a good question. I think Clara Tawson more won that match. She mm -hmm. was a better player. And we've, we've had high expectations of her since we saw her first, and now she's coming through nicely. But uh, disappointing from Muguruza. She just did. You look flat emotionally. She was flat tennis-wise. Just didn't bring it. And, and I picked her when she won in Guadalajara. I thought, okay, she's going to really have a great year. And this was, I, you know. Conchita must be disappointed with her performance as well. Yeah, so often you see that the momentum can carry over from a player if they do well at that last tournament of the year. And certainly for Muguruza, it was a huge title. Surprised that it was this flat in Melbourne. She started late. She was supposed to play the first week of the year. She delayed her arrival in Melbourne. We all weren't sure why. Maybe she was injured. Maybe she wasn't feeling well. We don't know. But it certainly hampered her play in Melbourne. With Clara Tossin, I always love to see when the good, good junior players come through. She's been doing well on the tour, but this was it for her. This was the first big win. This is the win that's going to really set her on the way. The first of many I think we're going to see with her. Always fun to look back at, at these moments for these younger players. 
Tasso was asked too. It's sort of Emma Raducanu comes and steals your uh, your, your Danish bacon. Um, so I, you know, <laughs> she's she's 19 years old, and that is a big win for. Her. I just can't quite fathom what happened to Muguruza. I mean, here's a player, Alizé Cornet, nice veteran player, persistent, but. 96 mile an hour serve and Muguruza didn't even get to break point. I mean, this is someone she's been to the finals here. She last year she had she had a very nice run. How do you explain six three six three like don't. that? Could be the matchup. She's won the last three. She leads the head to head three two. Maybe it's the matchup. Uh, for Clara Tawson, she was actually the last player to beat Emma Raducanu before the yeah. Brit went on to win the U.S. Open last year. Emma looking to avoid an upset of her own, taking on Danka Kovinic. Uh, Lindsay, Emma said she was battling blisters on her hand the entire match. Yeah, and that was pretty evident early on in this match. She actually saw it at the end of her match with Sloane Stevens. She kept looking down at her hand. She said later her team didn't really want her to play. And let me tell you, you saw more sliced forehands from Raducanu in this match than you will see for the rest of her career. She was going to the chip on almost all her forehands. She fought her way to this second set win. One of the things we love about her is how competitive she is, the fight that she shows. She clearly was not 100% and still almost managed to pull this off. She had some opportunities early in the third. She didn't take them. And Kovinic is a very, very dangerous player. And once she noticed Raducanu was not 100%, she got better and better. Disappointing for Raducanu, understandable when you look at her hand. Still, big win over Sloan and fought hard in this one. Taka Kovinic making history. The first player from Montenegro to reach the third round at a major. Emma said after some members of her team didn't even want her to take the court. Right, Lindsay? Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad after the match didn't hit. Just trying to get that hand better. John, what do you make of this draw? Simona Halep, uh, former finalist, can't be too disappointed with that, can she? But I, I think this is a win overall for Emma Raducanu. I mean, you know, in her previous match coming into this event, she won one game. She gets out of here with a win over a former major champion in Sloan. Some nice improvisation, trying to slice that forehand to stay in it. Leaves with an injury, but... Uh, Overall, good tournament for Emma. All right, back to the men we go. Stefano Tsitsipas taking on another former junior number one in Sebastian Baez. If you haven't heard of him, the Argentine making this a battle, John. Yeah, 10 seconds on the diminutive Argentine. Uh, stole a set, 21 years old. Very nice, flashy, crafty player. We've been talking about Tsitsipas a little bit. I think we're all a little bit concerned about that elbow. And so maybe uh, he's under the proverbial radar a bit. And uh, yesterday certainly had to work for it. Um, you know, this is already three hours into the match, and they're only early in the fourth set. But uh, Tsitsipas turned it on, served pretty well. 35 winners, 48 unforced errors, but not bad stats, and ended up closing it out. A long one, 322, but still alive as Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas actually said, Baez has one of the biggest forehands I have faced, so keep an eye out for Sebastian Baez. Stefano Tsitsipas moving his way to round three, takes on Benoit Pair next. Andy Murray Martina had never lost to a player as low as Taro Daniel at a major. What did you see here? Well, what I saw is that Andy Murray lost this match on Tuesday when he went five sets. You know, his 34-year-old legs and a hip replacement just didn't have it. As, as Darrell Daniel had twice as many winners than, than Andy Murray on a fast score, that just should not happen. And I think the biggest reason is Andy just didn't have the legs for it. He tried, he fought, but Terry Daniel really solid. He has played really well in the first match as well. He had a lot more winners than on four stairs, played really solid. But uh, you, have to, you have to just chalk it up to age more than anything. Is Andy Murray 
puts Tara Daniel down here, but uh, was a TK, not a TKO. He got back up, <laughs> and uh, and Tara Daniel just had too much uh, too much speed with his legs as well as his groundies there, and uh, Andy disappointed. Fought valiantly, but just didn't have any juice left. Now you talk about the winners. 28 fewer unforced errors for Taro Daniel and Andy Murray dispirited after. You know, this is a really important year for me for, for a number of reasons and I want to perform well in the in the big events and for me tonight is not, not good enough um, in that respect. Um, you know, making second round of slams is not something I find particularly motivating. Making the second round of slams not something he finds particularly motivating. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway from this match? Yeah, it, it, was, it was hard watching him. And he even said he physically he felt okay the day after the five-set match. He was expecting more for himself. It didn't happen for him. But it, it's absolutely true. When you've been at the very top and you've won majors, it is very tough to then be a player who hopes to win a round or two. Very few champions stick around for that show. And Murray has put so much time in. His hopes are so high. His expectations of himself are so high. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him this year. I mean, he said this is a huge year for him. You get the sense that it's, it's either going to continue playing for a few more months or he's not if it continues to go like this. This was the first time in a long time that you sort of really got an uncomfortable feeling. We, we are duty-bound not to root, but if you're not at some level rooting for Andy Murray, um, you know, you ch check your cardiologist. I mean, you, you can't not wish him well, but, yeah, we were talking. He's talking about winning titles and making deep runs at majors when you're not winning sets off qualifiers in round two. It just never got, you know, there were a couple times where he hit a winner and he's like, okay, finally, he's, this is going to galvanize him, and it just didn't come together, and... Yeah, you, you wonder how many more of those he can take before, uh, you know, he's, he turns 35 in the spring, and that, that, one, that one hurt a little bit. Yeah, even if he's pain-free, he's not, the energy's not there. And when you get older, the bad days are worse, and it's harder to recover. And, and, and if, you, if you put an all-nighter, you may be okay the next day, but the day after <laughs> right. that is when he catches up with you. And uh, it's just hard to want to compete and put in the hard work when you're used to winning majors or competing, going deep in the majors. And now, as he said, second round is not something that will motivate him. So unless he thinks he can get further, uh, maybe Wimbledon might be the last, last time we'll see him play. I I'm sure he'll make it through Wimbledon, but we'll see what the result is there. But it's hard to keep staying motivated when the results just don't right. show up. And we'll see what he does at the other events as well. When it's two out of three sets, yeah. body can hold up a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more still to come here on TC Live. We had some friendly fire between a couple of Americans. Francis Tiafo, Taylor Fritz. Would Fritzy ruin Big Foe's birthday? Find out when TC Live rolls on. Back on TC Live, presented by Geico, Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, and Big Riley Opelka getting ready to go for his third round match against Dennis Shapovalov. Looking like he's in good spirits, pretty chill. I'm trying to figure out who he's talking to. Fun game. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough with the masks. Yeah, that's. American Danielle Collins, Martina, she beat Anaconya in 52 minutes last year. 
was on court for about a half hour longer yesterday. Well, this one took a little bit longer, and actually the score ended up being, the match was closer than the score indicates. Uh, Daniel Collins was 3 for 3 on break points, Konya 1 of 5. That's where the match was won and lost. Just a couple points going the other way, and this could have been a different story. But Danielle Collins, just a good, solid match. Take her, took her opportunities when she had him. And uh, at the end, it seemed like a straightforward match. But she she looked out in this one, but well done. Did she just fist bump? <laughs> your signature move. Good fighter, Daniel. <laughs> and she loves playing in Australia. Yeah. Yep. Make her fourth semifinal in Australia. Collins moving on to round three. And how about the legend of Max Cressy continuing yesterday, Lindsay? He went to net. A hundred times. How many uh, how many times do you go to net in a season? Say, should we be talking to Martina right now? <laughs> That's your corner. Yeah, it's been so fun to follow his rise the last couple of years. Great win over John Isner in the opening round. Able to back that up. 61 winners, but Steve, so many of the players, they're not used to feeling that pressure of someone serving and volleying every single point. He won 84% of his points when the first serve went in. I just love the way that he's been able to work his way up the ATP ranks, get these wins, now into the third round. Andrew Eichenholz has a great article right now on ATPTour.com about Max Cressy, and it talks to one of his former teammates at UCLA about how he improved from not even being in the lineup his freshman year to going up to number one singles by his senior year, and now a top 100 player. Hey, you know, he's got the power, he's got the height, and now he's got the attitude moving forward. He knows where to put the volley, and, uh, and, and like Liz said, people don't know what to do with it because they're used to having to hit passing shots on every other shot or every point, and it brings them up, takes them out of rhythm, and he forces the errors, and he wins. It's great to it. see. I love it. I love That's it. your corner. Yes. I love it. I mean, here's a guy. He entered the top 75 for the first time about 10 days ago. He's got a qualifier. He's got a wild card to get to the fourth round of a major, second week of a major. I mean, this is not just, hey, it's a boutique player and it's kind of fun to watch. I mean, this guy's really got a chance to do some damage. Only 24 years old. Mm. I think there's a lot to be happy about with this kid. Third round of a major for the first time in his career. Gave a lot of credit uh, to Billy Martin, the coach at UCLA, who made him a serve and volley. He didn't come in as a serve and volleyer, but found out that he's Six foot seven, he's got a great bomb of a serve. Work on those yeah, volleys those, and those backhand volleys. Look where we're at now. Volley. First rate volleys. Do you, do you remember his match at the U.S. Open? Yep. It was on one of those outside courts. I TCB, think it was Carreno Busta, yeah. right? Yeah. And he great. had the crowd by right. the end. This set breaker just going crazy for him. And I remember just getting the goosebumps watching that. But that was our intro to him at the U.S. Yep. Open. And now to see him following it up here, it's just awesome. All right, so one good win for UCLA. How about USC yesterday? Stevie Johnson in action against Yannick Sinner, John. And this one was tough for the Trojans. Did not go as well for uh, for USC, but uh, Yannick Sinner. Are we, are we talking enough about him? 20 years old, he's kind of been encouraged, I feel like. He's been eclipsed by the... Spanish teenager, but uh, Sinner is so solid. He's really just evolved. It's such a nice clip. He had yesterday, he had twice as many winners as errors, 30 to 15. Just never really gave anything. No quarter in this match. Breaks in, in all the sets and really just sort of a, a, a veteran win for a 20-year-old. And I wonder if we should not be talking about it anymore. He gets Taro Daniel next, a qualifier to get to round four. Keep an eye on Sinner. Very nice.
Meantime, the All-American battle that we teased, Martina. A matchup that goes back years. Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo meeting for the fourth time at the tour level. Fritz had a 2-1 advantage coming in, and Fritz had the advantage early in this match. Well, we thought, uh, I thought that uh, Tiafo would put up a better, better battle than that. He was two out of eight break points, but really, Taylor Fritz, he has improved his footwork. He is really moving well for a big guy. He covered the court better. Got enough of those forehands. And look at this little, little stutter step to get in perfect position for that forehand pass. Really impressed with his uh, coverage of the court. Taylor gets a little, I mean, gets a little frustrated there. But uh, Taylor Fritz just really solid. He's moving so much better. And that allows him to hit that forehand. Backhand's improved as well. Oops for that one. Boys down to celebrate and oops gets him. Look at this. Half is cramping. <laughs> he didn't jump up. He actually lay down and he's still cramped up. But uh, Francis and good friends and uh, cool handshake there. So Taylor Fritz, moving on, has never made the fourth round at a major. 0 for 7 in third rounds. John, is this the first time he makes the breakthrough? I think there's a lot to like here, and I think we, we, we keep talking about this, but getting through these matches, not just with a sort of paucity of time, but also without a lot of emotional drama. I mean, that, that was a – let's just be clear. But he'll, he'll hydrate. He'll be fine. That is not an injury yeah. to be concerned about. But I think the fact – this could have been a very tricky match emotionally. It could have taken a lot of bandwidth. It didn't. I think that's really significant. Yeah, we saw him have that nice run at Indian Wells, and that always helps a player when they're able to play well like that. It is a mental block, though, trying to get to whatever round that is for the player, for Taylor, is to get to the second week of a major. He plays Batista Guto. That is going to be a tough out. Yeah. It's not – not like he's playing a wild card or a qualifier in the third round. Still, it's a phenomenal effort for him. He even talked about, he said before the tournament, TFO was one of the floaters of the draw and wasn't super psyched to see him right in yeah. his section. Handled that very well, gets through it, but he, he's going to have to play well to get through to the fourth round. It's a tough out, Batista yeah. Agut, always, but on this court, I think Taylor would like those chances. The thing is, you may not even know that you're 0 for 7 in, in the third round, but the press will remind you. Yeah. And oh, then, the it's like, then it gets in your head. And, and so it would be better not, not to get those questions, but uh, it's, this is a nice draw for him. I think he, he, should, he should do it. The way he played yesterday, he should Very do sad. it. I think Taylor's the one guy that knows. Like, he knew before he made the quarterfinals in Indian Wells, he had never done that before, yeah. and he, he tries not to win six love. I mean, he's got these things in so his you're head. You're feeling so. it. He tries not to win six love because yeah. that's a bad thing? because then he, you lose the next set is what him and Riley Opelka think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Talk about overthinking it. It's, it's, hey, I thought that was a woman's job more than that, but here we are. All right. Uh, much more still to come. Maria Sakari is getting stretched and limber and trying to make the round of 16 here in Melbourne. Stay tuned. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Plus, all customers can play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code ACE and buy Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Welcome back to TC Live. I'm Steve Weissman. It was just two years ago that a 20-year-old CC Bellis was getting ready to play in the third round of the Australian Open. 
Yesterday, after multiple injuries and surgeries, she officially announced her retirement. Bellis got to a career high of 35 in the world. We wish her all the best in the next chapter of her life. You can find stories like that on Tennis.com, your online source for everything to follow our sport. Right now, David Kane writes about Clara Tawson. And Steve Tigner has your three to see on day five of the Australian Open. For today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Hey everyone, I'm meteorologist Nick Koster and here's your Australian Open weather forecast. The weather just keeps getting better in Melbourne with a high of 92 and clear skies. Precise, personal, powerful. Go to foxweather.com to download the app and watch right now. Thanks, Nick. Still to come, his sponsorships are as unique as his game. We show you how Jensen Brooksby became a next-gen superstar. Back on TC Live, presented by Geico, 21-year-old American Jensen Brooksby was last year's ATP Newcomer of the Year, climbing more than 250 spots in the rankings. A positive COVID test prevented the Sacramento native from making his Australian Open debut, but Brooksby's story is just getting started. My name is Jensen Brooksby. I'm 21 years old and I'm from Sacramento, California. I started playing at four years old. My parents had played tennis before, so they, they brought me into the sport and they were taught by the coach I'm actually with today. Stay physical, edge down. There it is, now step up and attack it. Being with the kid since he's seven years old, it's crazy. We know when to give each other space. We know when we can fight. We know when we can relax and we're very in sync. That's how we practice is concentration. <laughs> when I'm playing well, I'm just really focused on wearing opponents down, getting a lot of balls, moving around, and just doing the best I can to attack their weaknesses. He's very calculated in what he does. He's not focused on, I'm just going to hit bigger than you, I'm going to be more athletic than you, I'm going to be stronger than you. He's playing tactical. It's just him trying to find every which way to win. Good, go. Good. Go. <laughs> It's amazing watching Brooksby play because he has these unconventional shots. I mean, most coaches, if you see a 12-year-old, 13-year-old play with a two-handed slice backhand or a two-handed volley, they try and change that. I don't know what defines necessarily an unconventional game overall. Definitely the two-handed slice is a funny one, though, because um, I've had that from a young age, and obviously most guys have a one-handed slice, but it's something I feel like I've just had better control with on a shot. He got a hard time for it through the juniors quite a bit, but every time we changed it, we went back to the two because it's what worked. And then Jensen was always small, and then he got big. He just shot up. So now he's got a redirect game dealing with power and a big body. It's like a point guard kind of being small his whole life, learning all the skills, and then they get big, and they're still playing like a point guard. My ranking to start out this year was 320 in the world, and this being my first full year as a pro, I haven't had a chance to show what I can do yet consistently at the highest levels. Each level, our goal was like, play the futures, prove it, play the challengers, prove it, go to the ATPs, prove it. I mean, he was ready. Well, welcome to the world's top 100 for the very first time, Jensen Brooksby. The 500 in DC making the semis that week gave me a lot of confidence going into the US Open. I was more excited, especially for this tournament, than the nervous. Excited nerves, you could say. I knew that the crowds would be back, and it makes it exciting for me. I love, I love atmospheres like that. 
tell me he did not just do that. To play on Ash against Djokovic, you know, just an amazing experience. There's no better time to test your physicality, your mentality, than against the number one player. I thought I really executed a wall from the start of the match. I, I used the crowd wall. I played the right tactics. Jensen Brooksby winning the first set 6-1. I was physically more struggling as the match went on. But even getting through two long four-setters and a five-setter before that match and, you know, getting through the fourth match, too, is, uh, you know, it's great progress for me. And Senemach Djokovic. You could see the first thing he said to him, well played. First thing Djokovic said. We couldn't have done it better. Got to the round of 16, got to play Djokovic, got a lot of good wins. Information we needed to work on to come back home. Made a bit of a name for himself, which is always nice. Like, we feel like we're just getting started. I'm looking forward so much to learning more things about my game with Joe and also other players. Every level he goes to, he's having success, and I think that's the one thing probably that I've been impressed with is the speed of the success. I definitely think people didn't believe I could get to where I am, but, I mean, all you really have to do is you have to, like, believe in yourself and put in the work and know you're doing the right things. The rest will take care of itself, you know, because your, your mentality, how you approach things is more important than, than anything. Just one tour-level win before 2021. Uh, now he's at 58 in the world. This is a guy that Andy Murray said is the type of guy I like to watch. Riley Opelka said is a future Grand Slam champion, a future world number one. What makes him so special? Uh, because he's different, and he plays in a different style, and you're not accustomed to seeing that on the pro level. And it could be his off-pace shots. It could be how he competes also. I mean, he is a baller out there, and we give a hard time sometimes to the American generation, like... Oh, they compete harder from other nations. He, he competes every single point. He's 163 in June. Are you kidding? He's already into the top 60. You were talking about main draw matches. He played his first main draw match of last year at the French Open where he qualified. So he has, when he's healthy and starts back in yeah. February, all these months to continue to go forward up in the rankings. Fun to watch. A huge disappointment he wasn't able to go down under. He's already 58. I, I, I've got to look at my notes and cheat because I can't pronounce a year ago, so you know, we talked about Karatsev was outside the top 100. Now he's a top 20 seed. One year ago, Jensen Brooksby was playing Potchef Stroom, <laughs> South African <laughs> challenger, ranked number 315. I mean, this God ascent is yeah. exactly. I mean, this we, we can't pronounce the names of the challengers. This ascent is just absolutely phenomenal. He's already in the top 60, as you say. I mean, obviously a big disappointment not going to Australia, but not a lot of defending of points. Yep. Um, and I, th I think that's a really good point. We talked earlier in the show about Max Cressy. There is real value to doing something that no one else does out here. And mm. he's giving you a look that you're not going to see from any other player. And by accident or design, that has real value. Only three Americans have ever won ATP Newcomer of the Year. Andy Roddick won it. He got to number one in the world. He won a Grand Slam. Taylor Fritz won it. He's now the top-ranked American man. So Jensen Brooksby has that to look forward to. Where can he improve? Oh, it was the serve, okay. right? Everyone was talking about it at the U.S. Open, just trying to get a little bit more pop. It was so interesting listening to his coach, Joe Gilbert, there. He was little. I mean, you see those pictures from him in the juniors and his skill set. He never went out there with a the mentality of, Three points on my serve. I'm going to learn how to serve big. And, and he's kind of still growing into his body. That, if that changes, that everything changes. And it's like the sky's the limit for him. But he does have to learn how to serve like a guy who's 6'4 mm. and learn how to play matches and have that serve develop into a weapon. You can't be tall and not have a good serve.
We also we, we saw this revelation at the U.S. Open. He gets to the middle weekend, takes a set off Novak Djokovic. He had a very nice fall, too. So uh, he has kept this thing going. I, I think you're right. I mean, I think amping up the serve. But you know what? Six foot four, that, that's fixable, right? Yep. I mean, there, there are a lot of things in tennis that you're, you're, you're born with or you really have to overcome. You can add some pop to the serve. Plenty of players have done it. And this is a guy, a hard worker that will certainly do that. We miss him in Australia, but he will be playing next week in the Columbus Challenger. Got a wild card there. So Jensen Brooksby getting his 2022 underway. We are glad that he is healthy. Still to come on TC Live, Chanda Rubin, our fam, joins us straight from Melbourne. Plus, we've got Wertheim's stat of the day. And guess who's on the warm and fuzzy set? Stefano Sitsipas. Don't go anywhere. Day five of the 2022 Australian Open. A lot of big time matchups as we start the third round. Two time champ Victoria Azarenka trying to win her fifth straight against Alina Svitolina. A couple of Roland Garros champs going head to head. Carlos Alcaraz can do something for the first time since Roth Nadal, who is also in action. Plus, Ash Barty back on court. As we welcome you back onto our desk. We're always moving around here on the set. Steve Weissman, Lindsay Davenport. And whenever Lindsay's here, we have one of our best friends come on and join us on TC Live. None other than the great Chanda Rubin. Chanda, how you doing? I am doing great now that I'm talking to you guys. It's early in the morning, <laughs> but I'm up for you, Steve and Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Chanda. It is great to see you, part of, uh, of course, the Tennis Channel family and a former Australian Open doubles champion as well. They call it the happy slam, Chanda. And we're happy to see your face, but it had a bit of a haphazard start. So what, what are the vibes right now in Melbourne? You know, it's actually kind of settled down now that everything is cleared. Players are in the draw. We, um, you know, had the Djokovic situation sort of settled. And you could kind of sense walking around the grounds that people were just happy to to be able to focus on the tennis and some of the upcoming matches. And certainly the first couple of days, they didn't disappoint. I mean, there was a little bit of drama. There was good weather. There were you know, music and, and just the festivities that people enjoy being here in Australia at the Australian Open. So it's been a nice, you know, first few days. Yeah, it's been fun to follow the tennis. It's always so hard to start a year off with a major. But we've got some American women that are playing great tennis. And I really want to talk to you about the match of the day, at least in my opinion, on the women's side. Naomi Osaka and Amanda Anasimova, they play at 7 p.m. Melbourne time. What do you think about that match? And uh, how do you see that one going? You know, that one, I think, for me, is also the most interesting match. Um, Naomi Osaka played great in her her last round. I mean, she is hitting the ball big, hitting it cleanly. You know, she looks confident. She got into, you know, a little trouble in the second set, uh, closing it out. But she handled it beautifully. And I think, you know, when she gets back on these courts, she is so tough to beat. 
But Amanda Anasimova, I mean, how well has she been playing? And it's so great to see her resurgent. She looks happy. She is up for the battle. And she's such a clean ball striker. Her ability to hit up the line and change direction, I think that's going to give Naomi Osaka some real problems out there. And if she comes out and, and starts relaxed and gets right into the match, I think she could certainly provide one of the shocks to the tournament. This will be a good match. It'll be a tough match. Uh, both these players are playing really well. Yeah, that is. it's been fun to see Amanda be playing better tennis. Madison Keys, another player that has been playing much better tennis so far this season than she did in 2021. She's up later against Wong. Have you, what do you think about Madison's game so far? Well, I watched uh, Wong Chiang play Coco Golf, and, you know, she's playing well. She's such a clean ball striker. She's so solid from the ground. She's a, a good mover. And, you know, she isn't afraid to take down, you know, some, some bigger names. I think Madison Keys, though, is so impressive. And, you know, her serve, it's clicking. You know, she's finding those important parts of her game. You know, she's getting down and fighting through tough points. And I think that is huge. I mean, she's got the weapon. She's got a big forehand, and she is clocking it, by the way. And it's flying on these courts with it being a little warmer. The ball is moving through the air. And I think the, the conditions suit her. I certainly would favor her in that matchup. She's got a little more experience, and she's got the bigger weapons. So I think that's a terrific opportunity for Madison Keys. And it's just nice to see her playing well again. She also looks happy to start the year, and, and like she's got kind of a, a renewed joy about her tennis. Uh, so that should be another good one. Chanda, uh, how about the Aussie, Ash Barty? So the fourth round potentially yeah. could be Osaka and Barty. Barty's got Camilla Georgie today. Is she your favorite to win? And, and what have you seen from her game so far? Barty has looked good. And, and when we all saw the draw come out, that was the section that seemed the toughest. And, you know, we were looking forward to potentially a fourth round matchup between Barty and Osaka. But they've go both got tough matches. Obviously, just talked about uh, Anna Samova Osaka and and Camilla Georgie she can be dangerous especially if she's striking the ball well hitting few unforced errors you know, she can cause anybody problems so it's not a foregone conclusion Barty has been my favorite um, coming into the event but I've also been watching Paula Badosa like she has been playing really well and she is moving a little bit under the radar I think the section of draw favors her and her first couple of matches, she has moved through very cleanly, no real issues. She's playing a little tighter to the baseline, more aggressive on these hard courts. And, you know, her game is just growing by leaps and bounds. So I would not be surprised uh, if she would be a, a little bit of a party a crasher, so to speak, in terms of a Barty or Osaka. But uh, it's going to be fun to see how it unfolds. Hmm. Well, I got to ask you, one of the storylines we've been talking about here is Arena Sabalenka and her serve that yeah. has shown up in 2022. Watching last night's match, nine double faults in her first two service games. We're talking about a player who's one of the, had been one of the most efficient servers on the WTA and has completely forgotten how to get the ball in the court off the serve. What is going on with that shot, Chanda? I mean, I called the match last night, <laughs> Sabalinka's match, and the first set was mind-boggling. Uh, she got down 5-0 pretty quickly. The serve was nowhere to be found. And it just is odd, as you said, for a player who has been so good. I mean, she's two in the world, has been one of the more informed players uh, over the last year in particular, had some big breakthroughs at this major level um, last year. And the serve just seems to have deserted her. But I think 
she did some good things working through that match in the second and third sets. I mean, she started finding her rhythm on it. She cut down tremendously on the double faults. And in the end, this is a really good match. I think her serve was kind of on par with what we've seen in the past. The question is, will it stick? I mean, she mentioned getting a little bit of help from Mark Filipousis. Uh, he had sent her a text and they got, they had some conversations around how she should focus on her serve and, and how she should make some adjustments. They got out on court, hit a few shots, and she gave him a lot of credit for helping her in getting through that first round match. So I think in her second round, she was better. And Arena Sabalenka, she can go hot and cold. She can turn it on, turn it off, and then get back into a rhythm. And so I think that part of her game, uh, she's very comfortable with. And she could still be dangerous over the course of, of this tournament. Uh, Chanda, before we let you go, got to get quick thoughts on 1996, <laughs> Melbourne, <laughs> Australian <laughs> Open. What? We're, we're putting up a photo right here, you what and Arancha raising the trophy. Steve? What are you doing, Steve? <laughs> I, thought we were, I thought we were here. <laughs> what, what, what are you thinking there? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I've had uh, some, some time to... Uh, think back on some of the memories. And to be honest, I mean, I have nothing but good memories. In 96, I got to the semifinals of the singles um, and won the doubles, of course, with the Rancho. I lost a tough match to Monica. That was her last major win. Um, I was up 5-2 in the third. So I don't like to be reminded of that all the time. <laughs> we just put, we put up the but doubles. We were talking. I didn't. I did not I bring up saying, singles. She beat me you're, in the finals of that doubles. Uh, so I, if you're going to talk about that semi, I'm sitting here. Yeah, uh-huh. That was that was a highlight. I got to play it and beat up on Lindsay and Mary Jo. Yeah, no, but I mean, it was a great, it was a great tournament. I have so many good memories, and you know, Lindsay and I are still friends, so that's a highlight as well. Um, after that, I play I played Arancha in the singles, and we were able to still be friends afterwards and play doubles. So there were a lot of good things happening in '96. I forgave her. <laughs> we, we started with questions about the Happy Slam. We ended mm -hmm. with all, all blissfulness here. Chanda, always great to yes. see you. Enjoy the rest of your time in Melbourne. We'll see you back here in Santa Monica soon. Thank you. Looking forward to it. The great Chanda Rubin with us here on TC Live. Stay tuned. Much more still to come. talked about this with Chanda. Arena Sabalenka, since the start of the WTA Finals, the world number two, averaging more than 15 double faults a match. First set yesterday, LD. Uh, the troubles continue. It, it was really tough to watch. Six double faults in the very first game of the match, three in the third game of the match, and Sabalenka just couldn't get past it in that first set. And we're talking about big double faults, Steve. We're not talking about close either. 12 double faults in the first set. John Wertheim watching the match, live tweeting at the same time. What would you say, John? We've, uh, this is not sports spectating. It's rubbernecking. Uh, you know, the paging Dr. Philippousis. I meant stat, <laughs> not stat. That's what happens when you use voice memo. But, uh, I mean, the, the good news, as I'm sure we will discuss, is uh, perseverance went along with double faults. And just like the first round, Lindsay, the double faults went down. So 12 in the first. Just seven the rest of the way. Yeah, the first set, she was over it, and you looked like she was frazzled. The second set, she actually started to fight through it and started to find a rhythm, started to try and take some pace off and try and make some serves. 
Then all of a sudden in the third set, it became back about the tennis. And she got rid of the fear of double faulting. She started competing really hard. A lot of credit to Sabalenka. She actually started to problem solve midway through the second set. Not easy to do when you're embarrassed out on the court. All these people are watching. She got through that one, but you have to think that this issue is not going away. 6-4, 6-2 in the second and third sets as we take a look at the numbers. So 18, 21, 12, and 19. That's 70 double faults so far this year. In fact, she's hit 157 second serves. So nearly half of them are double faults. That said, we, we can go two ways with this, Martina. We can go glass half full. Hey, she, she's won the last two matches despite these. Or we can go glass half empty. She's still hitting a ton of double faults. What do you want to do? Well, it's a problem long term. You might fight through it. You may problem solve, which she did, which she usually doesn't do because she doesn't have to. This kind of forces you into it. But the serve is, as you said, it, you can get embarrassed because you, this is the only shot you're in control, completely in control. Everything else, you can blame something for it, but this is all you. And when that goes off, it bleeds into the rest of your game. And it's really hard to get over that emotion. She's got some hitches in that serve. They're kind of well-disguised hitches. She kind of, it's not a fluid motion. The, the foot going forward, it kind of stops and goes. And same here, she stops and goes again. It's not a big hitch, but it's enough to where if you're nervous, it, you lose the rhythm completely. There's almost an element of guilt watching this. I mean, it's very, uh, it's, it's very sort of unpleasant. What do we always say about her? Well, what, what's her plan B? She smokes the ball and she hits with so much power and force. But what's her plan B? Well, this is a whole new level of adjusting. I'm, I'm curious to hear from you guys. Once the ball's in play, once we're in the rally, is she saying, I got to win this thing because who knows if I'm getting my next service? Or is she saying, ooh, thank gosh, we're finally hitting backhands and forehands? I think she's still wrapped up about the serve mm-hmm. and still just worried about getting, you know, once you start thinking, gosh, I hope I just make it, then everything else goes out the window. Um, it, it, the other thing is this is happening against any player. It's not happening against right. the best returner yeah, out there and yeah. you're feeling stress from a good return. This is all on her. These players aren't ripping winners, and then you start double faulting, like from the pressure of a great returner. This is happening. She just walks to the line in the very first game, six double faults in the opening service game. It was so hard to watch. That shows it's all mental, that she's coming out there already thinking, oh, I can't serve. This is going to go bad. I don't know how she gets over it in this tournament. Yes, you can have someone come on court and you could talk about things, but when it's all mental, very hard to solve overnight. So glass half full because she won the match? Yeah. But glass half empty because she won't be able to keep doing that. We'll see. Also glass half full. This is the, this is the first. We know you're very ha- glass half full. I, I'm, a, I'm a positive <laughs> guy. <laughs> this, this is the first time she's come back from a set down, back-to-back matches at a major. Plus, she said, I've been through this before, so I know that I can get through it, even without the serve. She's that good. Marquette Vondrasova's next. We'll see if she can get through it against her. Uh, Iga Sviantek, one of those seeds that's really having no issues and really showing off her full athletic arsenal. Martina, you can do this, right? Not as well as she's doing it. Uh, it was not my part of my warm-up. I think I kind of stretched on the floor for about two seconds and I was ready to go. But uh, these days, players do all kinds of things to get, get to ready. Lose. And Ika, obviously, her hand-eye is pretty good, and so is her game. This is a pretty straightforward uh, match for her as she uh, converted five out of nine break points. Uh, 6-2 first set, 6-2 second set. She had some really nice backhands as well. The serve is coming in. She was just just a straightforward match. Uh, no no huge shots, but uh, no hiccups either. And that's exactly what you want. Playing well, winning easily enough, saving it for later in the tournament, and building on your game. 
and uh, Iga Świątek easily through in this one. She's a primetime player. Nine wins now at the Australian Open in her short career. 32 and 10 at majors. She steps it up when it comes to the four biggest events of the season. Won't be easy. Daria Kazakina in form coming up next in round three. Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova taking on Serana Kirstea. Talking about Kaya Kanepi being a seed killer. Serana Kirstea actually has more wins against seeds in the first two rounds than any active player on the WTA Tour, John. I'm still hung up, I have to say, on that juggling drill before <laughs> walking out on the court, and that just calls to mind. All right, champ. Oh, <laughs> Martina, let's see. Got a fre- fresh can of Wimbledon sausages. Look at them, Brandon. We go. We're hand, going all out. Hand, hand okay. meat eye. Of course. I quit there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was live. That's good. Live like TV. Come on, Lindsay. No, I don't, oh, I don't no do chance. it. Not you. John? No I think well, John can do this. Wimbledon balls. Come on, John. Come on. I think Iga Shviantek's got a nice draw. And... I she did reach really the well. fourth round at all four majors last year. Couldn't back up that title she won at the French Open. You notice this is what I'm doing to avoid juggling. I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> I actually but, wanted to ask Martina about Schwantek and Thomas Widorowski. Switch coaches. Yeah. I'm serious here. Not about that. You spent some time with them when you were working with Aga Radwanska. Do you think he'll be good for her game? Absolutely. I love Tomasz. I love working with him. I love what he brings to the to the game. He's got a really good head on his shoulders. He understands the sport. I would have hired him as a coach when I was playing, so that should answer your yeah. question. I think it's a great move. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you still that. got a chance there. No, I'm good. Yeah. I can do two really well. I told you. <laughs> I've got like drinks down here. Oh, come I'll on. spill stuff. There Martin, she is. Martina. Oh, goat right. status. Oh, uh, yeah. Tight lips there. Well done. <laughs> Worthheim, Navratilova, Davenport, Weissman, back on TC Live. We are with you every day, 5 p.m. Eastern, two hours to get you set for first ball. Of course, Brett Haber and Paul Anacone have you covered with our encore at 7 a.m. Eastern. Taking a look at our day four recap. How did we do with the DraftKings Sportsbook odds? Well, Diego Schwartz, they knew something about Diego. Lost his match. To the Aussie, Kaya Kanepi, able to come through, and Stefano Tsitsipas won. So uh, I said, you know, give a shot to Sebastian Baez. He took a set, so not, not the worst. But didn't they have Schwartzman winning in straights? And that's when we said, no, I don't know about that. that was because, yeah, no, they, they have him. They, yeah, for sure. They have him as a favorite. But Yeah, and we said, no, he was injured. We were not so okay. sure about that. We're happy it wasn't a box, right? We're happy yes. it wasn't a parlay. Yes, because we weren't going to win all, right. all three of those gotcha. in, in straight sets. Today we've got three oh, yeah. more. No parlays today, John. I know you love oh, the parlays. I love the parlay. Yeah, I do, too. The parlay you like the parlay? Lindsay, big parlay. Mm-hmm. Parlay fan. All right, what yeah. we got? Uh, let's start with our first matchup. Barbara Krejcikova, Yelena Ostapenko. Big favorite for the reigning Roland Garros champ, not the one from a few years ago. Surprise, surprise. Upset pick of the day. Alcaraz over the seed, Berrettini. And then Maria Sakri, favorite to beat Veronica Kurdamatova. But... Let's, let, let's look at... All right, they want me to talk about Krejcikova first. Yep. What do you think there, Lindsay? I think Krejcikova gets it done in straight. Just how she's been playing and the form of both players and also her ability to be able to handle pace, get some shots back in, get Ostapenko on the run. 
think Craig Chigaba comes through. I agree with that one. Okay. I'm, I don't agree with the middle one, but are we there yet? I don't know. Do okay. <laughs> John, John wants are to Are we talk. there yet? Are we there? No, let's do the middle one. Yeah, let's, um, I, boy, I want you to go to the middle all, one right listen, away. Listen, we, we all have Alcaraz fever, right? I think we've all pegged this guy as a future champion. We love his game. We love his disposition. Really, though? To 18 years old to beat Berrettini? Top eight seed? He beat him uh, last year in Vienna. Hey, so. boy, I don't know. I, I'll tell you. Martina? You know, Three out of five. I had exactly, Berrettini. Exactly. If he's healthy, which he is now, the stomach flu, whatever he had, is all good to go. So, yeah, you have to go with Berrettini. I, I, I mean, Alcaraz is not quite there yet, I don't think, but he's certainly getting there. Wait, if we're, if we're quibbling with the numbers on these odds, I'll give you another one. Berrettini listed 159 pounds. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. 159 pounds is like part of his body. Yeah, exactly. Put both legs on the scale. So you're putting your money on Berrettini. I was. You've got to. Now that I've thought about it more and the Alcaraz beat him just last year, not that long ago. Playing really well. Best of five. Yeah, why not? So what are you saying? Yeah, Alcaraz. Okay. All right. We'll see. Going with Alcaraz. You've got a very nice profile, by the way. Thank you, Martina. It just made my day. <laughs> you too. John, you can, you can, uh, you can take the rest of the show. I'm just going to uh, walk off. Yeah, exactly. It's all downhill from Kuder here. Kuder Matova and Sakri. Uh, they, they're favoring Maria Sakri. What do you think? Sakari tends to go for her shots a little too much, but I think she's learning to uh, to taper that down a little bit. She played well in Guadalajara. Could have done better. But uh, I think uh, on this court, the way she's playing, Sakari. Kuder Matova is a nice athlete. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Steady Eddie, but uh, I think uh, Sakari gets it. She's too hot and cold, Kuder Matova. We've seen her play very well. Saw her play well in, in Charleston, but I, I haven't seen it consistently. And Sakari now knows how to manage her emotions a little bit better at the majors. Big serve, big weapons. I, I think Sakari gets through. The uh, You know, we don't talk about that much anymore. Remember we, every time a Greek player played, we talked about Melbourne being the second largest Greek population outside of Athens. We didn't quite get that whole... Greek connection anymore, but I, I do think Sakari is uh, the favorite. I think, you know, she can get a little tight closing matches, but she's managing to compose herself a lot better. I think, I think Sakari. Are we not talking about her enough to, like, win the whole thing? No, I think we're enough so far. Okay. Enough. Yeah. Let's, let's talk on okay. Tuesday and see if we should be talking about her more. All right. Okay. We'll put this on tape, and then we'll run it back on Tuesday. Talk about Maria Sakari some more. Uh, a lot more still to get to here on TC Live. Do not go anywhere. We've got Warm and Fuzzy with the Greek, Stefano Sitsiba. See? Just like there you, you knew this was coming. Soccer, now we're going to talk Cincy Pops. All the highlights, and we are still waiting for John Wertheim's stat of the day. With bated breath, don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live, time for our Geico 15-second news update. Simona Halep into round three. How about Andre Rublev? Has dropped just 13 games in the first two rounds. And Grigor Dimitrov going down to the Frenchman Benoit Paire. Well, from Aristotle and Socrates to Tsitsipas, the Greek star's Twitter feed is full of philosophy. He recently wrote, spilling your coffee is the adult equivalent of losing your balloon. Sitsipas spilled the tea with Michael Costa on our warm and fuzzy set. There's stories of you as a kid would lose a match and you would be so upset and you'd cry and you'd hide behind cars. I'd hide in the parking lot. Tell me about that. And my parents would be looking for me and I wouldn't want to show up and it would get really late and I would just change my mind. What were you doing behind the car? Were you analyzing the match or were you just... Everything. 
every Every single thing crying thinking about what is my future gonna look like yeah just like you know little kid thoughts i don't know Ah, such a deep faker. We've got so many of these warm and fuzzy interviews with all of your favorite players. Head to Tennis Channel's website and the Tennis Channel app. You don't want to miss them. Coming up next, top storylines on day five in Melbourne. Martina Lindsay, John Steve back on TC Live, presented by Geico. We are with you for two hours every single day of the Australian Open, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Live tennis on ESPN Plus. And then Paul and Brett have you covered on the Encore coverage, 7 a.m. Eastern. Let's get right to the match of the night. Wild atmosphere for Daniil Medvedev, Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios said you've got the most entertaining player in the sport playing in his home slam on Rod Laver. Here is your Tennis Express head-to-head 2-0. Kyrgios against the Russian in Rome and D.C. three years ago. Kyrgios actually has winning records against all the top four in the ATP rankings. That's where he brings his best, Martina. The tennis lived up to the hype first set tiebreak. Uh, it sure did, and Medvedev played a fantastic tiebreak to get up the, that set and uh, settle himself and settle the crowd. The crowd was pretty rowdy. They were going at it. Uh, Nick Kyrgios uh, certainly helping the Maddox with some fantastic shots. Uh, once Medvedev got up two sets to love, you know the match is over, probably. But there comes Nick, and this is an unbelievable shot. <laughs> he was just defending his, you know what. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and Medvedev hits the ball right on it. He keeps running. He's so entertaining, and he can hit some amazing shots. And he, he screams all the way through his shot. Mm, that's it. Gets the crowd going off the back foot, gets the break on for the third set, but he really needed to be at one set all. As Kyrgios wins this fourth set, gets the crowd going nuts. I just wish he would bring this kind of intensity to all his matches. And actually, Nick had a break point in the first game of the fourth set, lost it, and after that, Medvedev Cruz won all his uh, service games at love, and uh, Nick just didn't have enough to bother him with. Goes for that one, and Medina saying, yeah, no, I don't think so. You're going to have to wait and play a little bit better next time. <laughs> 68 winners for Medvedev. Curious called him probably the best player in the world at the moment. Let's hear from both guys. People can doubt me as much as they want, but they know I'm going to turn up and show up for matches like this. That's why the crowd's the way it is. That's why the tickets are the way they are. That's why the views are the way they are. Like, it all speaks for itself. Like, I don't, no matter how little I train or how much I play, I'll always lift for matches like this. You know, I'm not going to shy away from it. Obviously, I'm not happy with drawing Daniil Medvedev second round because my ranking slipped. Or, you know, if I play 95% of people tonight on that court, I think I win, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, it's not easy to be there when the whole stadium is against you. But probably if you look it on the... If I will look it on the TV, I'm, I'm probably not going to do it tonight, but maybe after the tournament, I'm going to be like, wow, that's a great atmosphere for a tennis match. Medvedev, no stranger to having a crowd against him. He kind of feeds off of that. Up next for him, Botic van de Zanschulp, the only man who took a set off of the world number two on his way to the U.S. Open title last year. And then up at the top, who knows who's getting it. Uh, Lindsay, what did you make of that match between Kyrgios and Medvedev? Chandra Rubin told us 
the best atmosphere she's seen the entire tournament. Yeah, we had hopes that it was going to be like that, and it certainly didn't disappoint. I think the, the big thing is you're, you're watching Nick in a major, and you know, as Martina said, he has to win one of the first two sets, especially against these top guys. In three out of five sets, it's very hard for Nick to play his best tennis the duration of the match. So that was a bit unfortunate, but... There is nobody who can get the crowd going like Nick. And, and he talked about it, and it's fantastic for our sport. It's fantastic to see Medvedev. That was the toughest draw I think Kyrgios could have gotten in Australia, as he mm. said. That would have been good enough to beat most of the, the guys in the draw. I guess I feel like this is like command X and paste. I mean, we, we have this discussion every <laughs> time, right? He's incredibly entertaining. He's wildly <laughs> talented, but he just won't commit. It's, I also, I mean, you know, I really get up to play the Super Bowl. Well, you know what? You got to win regular season games to get to the playoffs to get to it. doesn't really work that way. So when you're not seated, yeah, you're going to draw good players very early on in tournaments. I just, you know, again, this is, this is the same old discussion we've been having for five years now. But, you know, Grandpa, how many majors did you win? Well, none. I was really good, but I didn't win any. Well, why not? Meh, didn't want to. I mean, at some point... Commit or don't, but I feel, I feel like we have the same discussion every time. It's good entertainment. It's good value. It's box office, but I don't know. I mean, it's exactly what we were saying. He gets down two sets to love, and we all know he's not in shape to win a five-set match against a really good player. He says actually the quiet part out loud. Well, I, I, I do this one without training that hard. Well, hello, and you look for these matches. If you train harder, you would have seven of them, not just two. So, I, you know, we, we keep scratching our head, but he's happy with that, apparently. And that's okay, you know. It's good enough. It would be just, it would be better for the sport if he committed. But um, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. Yes, because we want more. Yeah. We want we that want atmosphere more. seven exactly. times during a major, exactly. not a couple of times. Nonetheless, Daniil Medved looking really good right now. Yep. On the women's side, yesterday we had the final two women standing at the 2021 WTA Finals, both in action. Garbini Muguruza beat Annette Kontsevich in the year-end championships last year, and both looking to make deep runs in Australia this year. Muguruza. Taking on Alize Cornet, who was actually looking for her third straight win against the Spaniard, Lindsay. Yeah, we talked about this the other day with John's great stat of the day. Was it nine titles, seven on hard court, and then a French and a Wimbledon title? Keep thinking that a hard court major is going to happen for Muguruza. Thought maybe this year with the courts playing so fast. But this is a head-scratcher, and Alize Cornet, yes, she's very feisty, and she gives a lot of variety, but on these courts, Muguruza should be able to hit through her, but she just didn't post in this match, and because of this, this draw is now wide open in this section for Simona Halep, and Muguruza has to be disappointed with just the level that she brought in this match. Cornet said, first of all, I really enjoyed it today, which doesn't mean I'll enjoy it tomorrow. That's when the fun is here. You have to take it. <laughs> Muguruza is out. How about Annette Contevay? Take it on 19-year-old Clara Tossen, John. Tossen said she didn't even go into the match with a winning thought. That changed quickly. Yeah, she, uh, she got that very early in the match because she just absolutely hit through Contevay. Contevay has played as well as anyone since the U.S. Open the last 120 days or so. I mean, you see she's a sixth seed, and this... Danish teenager, sort of like the anti-Wozniacki, right? Not the slickest mover, but power, power, and power. Former junior champ, and she just crushes the ball. The, the Danish word for kaboom, and there it is. Very clean match. <laughs> 20 winners, 13 unforced errors, and she just absolutely blitzed the number six seed in barely, barely an hour. Her first top ten win, first third round at a major, two major contenders, now gone. Muguruza. And Contevay are out. Clara Tawson, a huge win. 
She's moving on. Martina, which one of these two losses is more surprising to you, Contivate or Muguruza? Oh, that's a good question. I think Clara Tosson more won that match. She mm -hmm. was a better player. And we've, we've had high expectations of her since we saw her first, and now she's coming through nicely. But uh, disappointing from Muguruza. She just did. You look flat emotionally. She was flat tennis-wise. Just didn't bring it. And, and I picked her when she won in Guadalajara. I thought, okay, she's going to really have a great year. And this was, I, you know. Conchita must be disappointed with her performance as well. Yeah, so often you see that the momentum can carry over from a player if they do well at that last tournament of the year. And certainly for Muguruza, that was a huge title. Surprised that it was this flat in Melbourne. She started late. She was supposed to play the first week of the year. She delayed her arrival in Melbourne. We all weren't sure why. Maybe she was injured. Maybe she wasn't feeling well. We don't know. But it certainly hampered her play in Melbourne. With Clara Tossin, I always love to see when the good, good junior players – come through. She's been doing well on the tour, but this was it for her. This was the first big win. This is the win that's going to really set her on the way. The first of many I think we're going to see with her. Always fun to look back at, at these moments for these younger players. Tasa was asked, too, it's sort of Emma Raducanu comes and steals your, uh, your, your Danish bacon. Um, so, I, you know, <laughs> she's, she's 19 years old, and that is a big win for her. I just can't quite fathom what happened to Muguruza. I mean, here's a player, Alize Cornet, nice veteran player, persistent, but a 96-mile-an-hour serve, and Muguruza didn't even get to break point. I mean, this is someone, she's been to the finals here. She Last year, she had, she had a very nice run. How do you explain 6-3, 6-3 like don't. that? Could be the matchup. She's won the last three. She leads the head-to-head 3-2. -head Maybe it's the matchup. Uh, for Clara Tossin, she was actually the last player to beat Emma Raducanu before the yeah. Brit went on to win the U.S. Open last year. Emma looking to avoid an upset of her own, taking on Danka Kovinich. Uh, Lindsay, Emma said she was battling blisters on her hand the entire match. Yeah, and that was pretty evident early on in this match. She actually saw it at the end of her match with Sloane Stevens. She kept looking down at her hand. She said later her team didn't really want her to play. And let me tell you, you saw more slice forehands from Raducanu in this match than you will see for the rest of her career. She was going to the chip on almost all her forehands. She fought her way to the second set win. That, one of the things we love about her is how competitive she is. The fight that she shows, she clearly was not 100% and still almost managed to pull this off. She had some opportunities early in the third. She didn't take them. And Kovanich is a very, very dangerous player. And when she noticed Raducanu was not 100%, she got better and better. Disappointing for Raducanu, understandable when you look at her hand. Still, big win over Sloan and fought hard in this one. Tanka Kovinich making history. The first player from Montenegro to reach the third round at a major. Emma said after some members of her team didn't even want her to take the court. Right, Lindsay? Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad after the match didn't hit. Just trying to get that hand better. John, what do you make of this draw? Simona Halep, uh, former finalist, can't be too disappointed with that, uh -huh. can she? But I, I think this is a win overall for Emma Raducanu. I mean, you know, in a previous match coming into this event, she won one game. She gets out of here with a win over a former major champion in Sloan. Some nice improvisation, trying to slice that forehand to stay in it. Leaves with an injury, but uh, overall, good tournament for Emma. All right, back to the men we go. Stefano Tsitsipas taking on another former junior number one in Sebastian Baez. If you haven't heard of him, the Argentine making this a battle, John. Yeah, 10 seconds on the diminutive Argentine. Uh, stole a set, 21 years old. Very nice, flashy, crafty player. We've been talking about Tsitsipas a little bit. I think we're all a little bit concerned about that elbow. And so maybe uh, he is under the proverbial radar a bit. And uh, yesterday certainly had 
to work for it. Um, you know, this is already three hours into the match, and they're only early in the fourth set. But uh, Sitsipas turned it on, served pretty well, 35 winners, 48 unforced errors, but not bad stats, and ended up closing it out a long one, 322, but still alive as Sitsipas. Sitsipas actually said, Baez has one of the biggest forehands I have faced, so keep an eye out for Sebastian Baez. Stefano Sitsipas moving his way to round three, takes on Benoit Pair next. Andy Murray Martina had never lost to a player as low as Taro Daniel at a major. What did you see here? Well, what I saw is that Andy Murray lost this match on Tuesday when he went five sets. You know, his 34-year-old legs and a hip replacement just didn't have it. As, as Darryl Daniel had twice as many winners than, than Andy Murray on a fast score, that just should not happen. And I think the biggest reason is Andy just didn't have the legs for it. He tried, he fought, but Darryl Daniel really solid. has played really well the first match as well. He had a lot more winners than on four stairs, played really solid. But uh, you, have to, you have to just chalk it up to age more than anything. As Andy Murray puts Darryl Daniel down here, but... Uh, was a TK, not a TKO. He got back up, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and Taro Daniel just had too much uh, too much speed with his legs as well as his groundies there, and uh, Andy disappointed, fought valiantly, but just didn't have any juice left. Now you talk about the winners. 28 fewer unforced errors for Taro Daniel and Andy Murray dispirited after. You know, this is a really important year for me for, for a number of reasons and I want to perform well in the in the big events and for me tonight is not, not good enough um, in that respect. Um, you know, making second round of slams is not something I find particularly motivating. Making the second round of slams not something he finds particularly motivating. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway from this match? Yeah, it, it, was, it was hard watching him. And he even said he physically he felt okay the day after the five-set match. He was expecting more for himself. It didn't happen for him. But it, it's absolutely true. When you've been at the very top and you've won majors, it is very tough to then be a player who hopes to win a round or two. Very few champions stick around for that show. And Murray has put so much time in. His hopes are so high. His expectations of himself are so high. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him this year. I mean, he said this is a huge year for him. You get the sense that it's, it's either going to continue playing for a few more months or he's not if it continues to go like this. This was the first time in a long time that you sort of really got an uncomfortable feeling. We, we are duty-bound not to root, but if you're not at some level rooting for Andy Murray, um, you know, you ch- check your cardiologist. I mean, you, you can't not wish him well, but, you know, we were talking, he's talking about winning titles and making deep runs at majors when you're not winning sets off qualifiers in round two. It just never got, you know, there were a couple times where he hit a winner and you think, okay, finally, he's, this is going to galvanize him, and it just didn't come together, and... Yeah, you, you wonder how many more of those he can take before, uh, you know, he's, he turns 35 in the spring, and that, that, one, that one hurt a little bit. Yeah, even if he's pain-free, he's not, the energy's not there. And when you get older, the bad days are worse, and it's harder to recover. And, and, and if, you, if you put an all-nighter, you may be okay the next day, but the day after <laughs> right. that is when it catches up with you. And uh, it's just hard to want to compete and put in the hard work when you're used to winning majors or competing, going deep in the majors. And now, as he said, second round is not something that will motivate him. So unless he thinks he can get further, uh, maybe Wimbledon might be the last, last time we'll see him play. I, I'm sure he'll make it through Wimbledon, but we'll see what the result is there. But it's hard to keep 
staying motivated when the results just don't right. show up. And we'll see what he does at the other events as well. When it's two out of three sets, yeah. body can hold up a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more still to come here on TC Live. We had some friendly fire between a couple of Americans. Francis Tiafo, Taylor Fritz. Would Fritzy ruin Big Foe's birthday? Find out when TC Live rolls on. Back on TC Live, presented by Geico, Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, and Big Riley Opelka getting ready to go for his third round match against Dennis Shapovalov. Looking like he's in good spirits, pretty chill. I'm trying to figure out who he's talking to. Fun game. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough with the masks. Yeah, that's. American Danielle Collins Martina, she beat Anaconya in 52 minutes last year. Was on court for about a half hour longer yesterday. Well, this one took a little bit longer, and actually the score ended up being, the match was closer than the score indicates. Uh, Daniel Collins was 3 for 3 on break points, Konya 1 of 5. That's where the match was won and lost. Just a couple points going the other way, and this could have been a different story. But Daniel Collins, just a good, solid match. Take her, took her opportunities when she had him. And uh, at the end, it seemed like a straightforward match. But she she looks out in this one, but well done. Did she just fist bump? Your signature move. Good fighter, Daniel. And she loves playing in Australia. Yeah. Yep. To make her fourth semifinal in Australia. Collins moving on to round three. And how about the legend of Max Cressy continuing yesterday, Lindsay? He went to net a hundred times. How many yeah. How many times do you go to net in a season? I was going to say, should we be talking to Martina right now? <laughs> That's your corner. Yeah, it's been so fun to follow his rise the last couple of years. Great win over John Isner in the opening round. Able to back that up. 61 winners, but Steve, so many of the players, they're not used to feeling that pressure of someone serving and volleying every single point. He won 84% of his points when the first serve went in. I just love the way that he's been able to work his way up the ATP ranks, get these wins, now into the third round. Andrew Eichenholz has a great article right now on ATPTour.com about Max Cressy, and it talks to one of his former teammates at UCLA about how he improved from not even being in the lineup his freshman year to going up to number one singles by his senior year and now a top 100 player. Hey, you know, he's got the power, he's got the height, and now he's got the attitude moving forward. He knows where to put the volley, and, uh, and, and like Liz said, people don't know what to do with it because they're used to having to hit passing shots on every other shot or every point, and it brings them out, takes them out of rhythm, and he forces the errors, and he wins. It's great to it. see. I love it. I love That's it. your corner. Oh, yeah. I love it. I mean, here's a guy. He entered the top 75 for the first time about 10 days ago. He's got a qualifier. He's got a wild card to get to the fourth round of a major, second week of a major. I mean, this is not just, hey, it's a boutique player and it's kind of fun to watch. I mean, this guy's really got a chance to do some damage. Only 24 years old. I think there's a lot to be happy about with this kid. Third round of a major for the first time in his career. Gave a lot of credit uh, to Billy Martin, the coach at UCLA, who made him a serve and volley. He didn't come in as a serve and volleyer. But found out that he's six foot seven. He's got a great bomb of a serve. Work on those yeah, volleys those, and those backhand volleys. Look where we're at right now. Volley. First rate volleys. Do, do you remember his match at the U.S. Open? Yep. It was on one of those outside courts. I GCB, think it was Carreno Busta, yeah. right? Yeah. And he great. had the crowd by right. the end. This set breaker just going crazy for him. And I remember just getting the goosebumps watching that. But that was our intro to him at the U.S. Yep. Open. And now to see him following it up here, it's just awesome.
All right, so one good win for UCLA. How about USC yesterday? Stevie Johnson in action against Yannick Sinner, John. And this one was tough for the Trojans. Did not go as well for uh, for USC, but... uh... Yannick Sinner. Are we talking enough about him? 20 years old. He's kind of been alcaraged, I feel like. He's been eclipsed by the Spanish teenager, but uh, Sinner is so solid. He's really just evolved. It's such a nice clip. He had yesterday, he had twice as many winners as errors, 30 to 15. Just never really gave anything. No quarter in this match. Breaks in in all the sets and really just sort of a a, a veteran win for a 20-year-old. And I wonder if we should not be talking about it anymore. He gets Taro Daniel next, a qualifier to get to round four. Keep an eye on Sinner. Very nice. Meantime, the All-American battle that we teased, Martina. A matchup that goes back years. Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo meeting for the fourth time at the tour level. Fritz had a 2-1 advantage coming in, and Fritz had the advantage early in this match. Well, we thought, uh, I thought that uh, Tiafo would put up a better, better battle than that. He was two out of eight break points, but really, Taylor Fritz, he has improved his footwork. He is really moving well for a big guy. He covered the court better. Got it up of those forehands. And look at this little, little stutter step to get in perfect position for that forehand pass. Really impressed with his uh, coverage of the court. Tiafo gets a little frustrated there. But uh, Taylor Fritz just really solid. He's moving so much better. And that allows him to hit that forehand. Backhand's improved as well. Oops for that one. Boys down to celebrate. And oops, gets a look at this. Half is cramping. <laughs> he didn't jump up. He actually laid down and he's still cramped up. But uh, Francis and good friends. And uh, cool handshake there. So Taylor Fritz, moving on, has never made the fourth round at a major. 0 for 7 in third rounds. John, is this the first time he makes the breakthrough? I think there's a lot to like here, and I think you know, we, we keep talking about this, but getting through these matches, not just with a sort of paucity of time, but also without a lot of emotional drama. I mean, that, that was a – let's just be clear. But he'll, he'll hydrate. He'll be fine. That is not an injury yeah. to be concerned about. But I think the fact – this could have been a very tricky match emotionally. It could have taken a lot of bandwidth. It didn't. I think that's really significant. We saw him have that nice run at Indian Wells, and that always helps a player when they're able to play well like that. It is a mental block, though, trying to get to whatever round that is for the player, for Taylor, is to get to the second week of a major. He plays Batista Gut, though. That is going to be a tough out. It's not like he's playing a wild card or a qualifier in the third round. Still, it's a phenomenal effort for him. He even talked about, he said before the tournament, TFO was one of the floaters of the draw and wasn't super psyched to see him right in his section. Handled that very well, gets through it, but he's going to have to play well to get through to the fourth round. It's a tough out, Batista Agut, always. But on this court, I think Taylor would like those chances. The thing is, you may not even know that you're 0 for 7 in in the third round, but the press will remind you. And then then it gets in your head. And and so it would be better not not to get those questions. But uh, this is a nice draw for him. I think he should should do it. The way he played yesterday, he should do it. Taylor's the one guy that knows. Like, he knew... Before he made the quarterfinals in Indian Wells, he had never done that before. And he, he tries not to win six love. I mean, he's got these things in so his you're head. You're feeling so. it. He tries not to win six love because yeah. that's a bad thing? Because then he, you lose the next set is what him and I Riley Opelka think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Talk about <laughs> overthinking it. It's, it's, hey, I thought that was a woman's job more than that. But here we are. <laughs> All right. Uh, much more still to come. Maria Sakari is getting stretched and limber and trying to make the round of 16 here in Melbourne. Stay tuned.
And just like that, we're back. Madison Keys, the real Madison Keys. Into round three, taking on Q today. Yep. We're going to talk about it. Looking forward to breaking down that matchup. Maddie looking to make the round of 16 in Australia. And then how about Sam Query? Still in the dubs. Playing with Austin Krychek, taking on the 12 seeds today, John. Yeah, good to see uh, Sam sticking around down there. Nice doubles player. Underrated doubles player, Sam Query. Plays on the Champion Series these days as well. Did you have a second baby? Are, are they? I think so. No, I think... Uh, no, they got one. Yeah. Sure on that. Uh, some Americans in action on day five. Jesse Pagula. Good opportunity here for her to make the fourth round. Of course, made the quarterfinals last year. Madison Keys against Wong Chiang. Amanda Anasimova, Naomi Osaka. That's a big one. Sebastian Corda, Pablo Carina Busta, and Riley Opelka taking on Dennis Shapovalov. That's the one we're going to start with. Yeah, Family of four. Yes, Lindsay knew always did. knows. Congrats. Lindsay always like knows. Sam baby Owen. Second right. boy came in November. I thought Congrats. I was right there. Well done. You can count kids because you have four of them. I still don't know. Exactly. Half down. Good for you. Never, never go against Lindsay. Exactly. It's basically the, the rule of thumb. No, it just hit me late. I go, no, I think he had another kid. Yeah. So? I don't think they're in Melbourne with it. No, congratulations. Abby, Abby. Abby is, yeah, exactly. home with the kids. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about uh, Riley Opelka, Dennis Shapovalov. Okay. What do you think, John? Yeah, I mean, never played before. We talked about this yesterday. Not a great stylistic matchup for Dennis. We've got a, a big hard server into that one-handed backhand, and Riley Opelka, he's really cleaned things up, gets through these matches with uh, sort of little drama and not so much for Dennis. I mean, he's, he's still in the tournament. That's the good news. The bad news, he's been on court for a long time. I think uh, Riley Opelka's got a real chance to, but by seedings, would be an upset. I agree. I would be surprised if Riley doesn't win this match based on the two matches and the matchup. Most of all, the matchup more than actually how they played. It's a great matchup for Riley. What, what, what's the key for Opelka in this match? Mm, returns in play, probably. Okay. I mean, for Dennis, he knows he's maybe going to get one, two, three looks throughout the match. It's going to be tough to break the Opelka serve. But Opelka, he can put a lot of pressure on Shapovalov, making returns in play. You feel that. When you play someone that you don't think you can break, you feel that then in your own service games. I can't lose serve. Oh, like what? I got to make this serve in. So that's the kind of pressure that Opelka can put on Shapovalov. Yep. All right, Madison Keys coming right back to you, Linz. Yep. It, it, it's your girl. <laughs> what, what's happening today? I'm so happy for her. Um, you know, it's interesting. In the last match, that was really one the first bad set of tennis she's played in the last couple of weeks, and she won it. And that's not always the case with Madison. Can struggle when those shots start to go off, but she hung in there emotionally. She used her serve at the right time. She stayed with her opponent and able to come through. She's at a different headspace than we've seen in quite some time for her. I think she has the power on the speed of these courts, but Wong is good. I mean, she runs down a lot of balls. I know she's very happy to be in the third round. I think Madison's power, though, on these courts Mm -hmm. and with how she's fighting through these matches is going to get her the victory. The biggest issue with her has been inconsistency, and she's seen, she has been consistent in these last two weeks, seems really focused. And I think she should realize that she doesn't have to do anything special, just keep doing exactly what she's been doing. It's good enough, should be good enough in this one. By the way, I, I just noticed Lulu's here, John. Lulu's so I, 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 I was hiding behind Martina yeah, for a minute. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, John. We, we got Sam, Sam Query's offspring. We got Lulu. Uh, we're going off spring late in the show. Uh, what were we talking about? Maddie Keys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, seven wins so far to start this year. She gets to play a player outside the top 100, middle of a slam, to get an eighth straight win. These conditions, this court, yeah. I like her chances. All right. We shall see. Hey, Steve. Oh. Uh, I got to go with Maddie. 
Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Agreement. We're all agreeing. Time to enter the social net. And uh, Andrea Petkovic, she's a philosopher, just like Stefano Tsitsipas, and uh, put this out there on Twitter. Uh, have you ever noticed that while playing a tennis match, you basically go through the five stages of grief every time? Denial, anger, bargaining. I didn't, I didn't know that was one of the five stages. Uh, depression and acceptance. Well, I, I imagine the sort of the score line and the tenor of the match has a lot to do with that. Um, <laughs> interesting observation. I, w- I will point out, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who came up with those five stages, has denounced it. She uh, oh, later, no in longer. Her, later in her career basically said, no, grief doesn't work that way. It's not linear like those that. There are no stages. This, this, uh, this five stages is a myth. But did Acceptance you go through this? while the match is going on? match is over? Bargaining. And, Who are you, you bargaining know, with? Yeah. pissed off. Uh, but, you know, you deal with it. And, uh, yeah, I totally do not agree with that. Yeah. Acceptance maybe after the match, but then you start trying to Days figure out, after the how match. can I win this match <laughs> next time? Yeah. Anger. That is the one that maybe... Anger, anger, anger. Yes, I was never in denial when right. I was losing. <laughs> like, of course, this is happening. It's <laughs> a great photo. I, I do. I mean, lar- larger point is that uh, these matches are emotional and these things undulate. And uh, I, I get the larger point. I'm not sure the five stages of grief. Wait, you know, grief is subsequent, right? I mean, in the totally tennis match, it's in the yeah. moment. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think you're grieving. Exactly. Yeah, in, right. in, good, in the present. Good right? talking some, point. Some do. I. I yeah, he I you won too five. much. No, I'm talking about my losses. <laughs> what, what were your five stages of glory? I'm not sure I can say those words. Oh, glory. glory. Yeah. <laughs> glory. Yeah. I'm sure I'm going to lose it. I hope the girl misses. <laughs> <laughs> Negative Nelly. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know me long enough. <laughs> Martina, give us some positive energy here. Keep going. I yeah. mean, no matter what. Yeah. That's, a, that's the beauty about yeah. tennis. You don't run out of time. So, you know, it, I was always trying to problem solve or see what, what works, what doesn't work, and keep going with that. There were times where I was flat emotionally. I would make myself angry to just get myself fired up. But that might be that I did that like three or four times ever. So, hmm. um, yeah, just keep going. You, you can, as a tennis player, you got to keep going. That's why she's what's, great. What's yeah. the alternative? Martina. Let's go. All right, Paula Bedosa getting ready to go. She was Chanda Rubin's low-key pick to win this thing. Remember, Lindsay? She's like, Paula Bedosa looking really good. She could win the title. All right, back on TC Live, presented by Geico. It is time for John Wertheim's stat of the day. I've been eagerly awaiting this, John. What do you have? Barbora Krajikovar, fourth seed, is playing in the main draw for the third time, but that is, uh, that's not necessarily by choice. She failed to qualify five straight years. Flew to Australia. That's a long way to go for a qualifying draw. Finally got in for the first time two years ago. Now she is a top four seed. I think that says a lot about her persistence and also this real mid-career ascent. A lot of admiration for Krajikova, but five years in a row failed to qualify for the singles draw, and now here she is, top four seed. Bravo. Persistence prevails when all else fails, right? I mean, uh, yes, you have to go early. And also as a doubles player, that meant she couldn't play Sydney the week before to qualify Mm -hmm. for that. So she gave up the doubles to hopefully get into singles. Couldn't do it, but kept coming, kept coming. Like I said, you got to keep going. And yep. she did. Yes. Look at her now. How about being a favorite? Never been past the second round. Yeah, exactly. Two, two, two and eighth two. main draw to slam. Exactly. Yeah, no, in single, in singles. No. Never, never won in doubles the Australian Open. But no, I yeah. mean, she's a top-flight doubles player for a decade now. But 
Top four seed, career record, two and two with five years of failing to qualify. She could go all the way. Yeah. You never know. Three straight years of mixed in Australia. You noticed something in the Paula Bedosa oh warm-up oh, room, Lindsay, that we have to show you. This would you. have been a pet peeve of mine. I, I'm okay. Look to the one. right. I'm not sure that the boyfriends are supposed to be in the players' area. Very nice guy, but that would have irked me if I was a player. She's warming up for a match. Yeah, Kudos. He's got to get swole before coach. he, you know, gets his. But the gets boyfriend on lifting. Question yeah. mark. But pre-match, there's other players in there getting getting ready for <laughs> is matches. He, but is well. he working out or is he just pumping up the the you know the guns? Well, yeah, he works out a lot on the camera for the tank top. Is it a oh, true yeah. workout? Or? No. <laughs> what are those? Those are 40s? You got it flaunted, but he's uh, I think they may have been 35s. You could do that, John. Oh, my, 35. 55s, <laughs> but those days are long gone. That was a good, good call, though. Yeah, good well, that's the stuff that annoyed me when I was playing. Instead of just worried about myself, I would have been like, what are you doing in here? And why are you here? It's getting it in. Yeah. Boyfriend working out. Uh, Anna Samova, Osaka, Martina. Mm. Big match today. Who you got? Whoever gets that first hit in, I think uh, neither player likes to defend. Anisimova is looking really good. No pressure whatsoever on her. Osaka's look good. I give an edge to Osaka, but I think it may go three. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, the big opportunity for uh, for, for Anisimova. And I, I don't know what we know about Osaka. I mean, she hasn't played since the U.S. Open. She's looked good in Australia. Been some patchy moments. I think she also... Do you think she knows that Anisimova's won an event coming on strong? I mean, do you think she sort of knows the context of this match? Uh, I think she does. I mean, she's one of those players that can take the racket out of Anna Samova's hand and, and use her power and overpower Amanda. We'll see. This would arguably, I mean, Amanda had a great run at the French Open a couple of years ago, but this would be absolutely huge for Amanda. Much bigger match, I feel like, for Amanda than it is for Osaka, even though Osaka is looking to get another with, with, major. Uh, we'll see how, you never know how player handles that kind of big match. With the top seed looming yep. for both. That's right. Uh, Amanda's lost nine straight against top 20 players, so yep. it would be huge to get the upset. Uh, how about Rafa Nadal taking on Karin Hatchinoff? We talked about this a little bit. It's his first match against a top 50 player this year, and he's absolutely owned the Russian in their head-to-head. -head. That's the biggest key. It doesn't matter what happened before with other players. He has beaten Kachanov every time, and he's will. I think he looks really, really sharp, confident. He's playing the forehand deep. That's always a big tell on him. Uh, and he's liking this fast court so far. His service paying off? I'll, I'll take not, Rafa. Absolutely. It'll be really. the first night match for Rafa at this Australian Open. He's played two in the day. We'll see how he handles maybe the change of conditions. But he knows exactly what to do against Hatchinoff. He does a nice job of getting the returns back into play, getting them down low for the big guy. That backswing on the forehand, Rafa kind of picks on that, opens up the court. Uh, unless something crazy happens, he yep. should be getting through. Hotchoff can look great for a set. I don't like him best of five. Quick shout-out to Rafa's buddy, though. Pablo Andujar turns 36 this weekend and is into the third round for the very first time oh. in his career. Nice oh, tournament for Spain so far on the men's side. Five Spanish guys into the third round. That's the most of any country on the men's side. But the U.S., eight overall. That's okay. the most of any country, both men and women in singles. Thanks once again for joining us on our two-hour TC Live, 5 to 7 everyday encore coverage, 7 a.m. Eastern. For Martina, Lindsay, and John, I'm Steve. And Lulu taking a nap. Oh, there she is. We'll see you tomorrow.